Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message.
picture from the very start of his plan. Right. In fact, if you don't get Genesis into your spirit, you're going to miss the rest of this book. Amen. It's at the beginning for a reason. I remember a few years back, we had a, a pastor's group here, pastor's breakfast, and uh, it came to my uh, spirit that uh, we, some of us, really believe differently. And that's not necessarily bad that we believe differently. We have different uh, conceptual ideas, doctrinal stances, and I, but I'm not talking about minor doctrine, I was talking about I realized we had major theological differences. And so I asked uh, the pastor that led it at the time, I said, I'm having difficulties. We're in a public place and we're talking this, this pastor's round table is uh, for, for unity of the spirit. Um, I wonder what we all believe. And there was a group of the pastors that then came out and said, well, one of them actually made the comment, for the rest, if you believe that the book of Genesis is anything other than a fairy tale, and just a story, you're wrong. That's all it is. It's just a, 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 a story for people to look at. And I couldn't grasp that in my mind. My born-again spirit just said, Sign, signs that follow with that said, stop sign. Uh-uh. You know, it's there for a reason. But anyway, I want to look at this before I get up too far off of this rabbit trail and fall down a rabbit hole. It says this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Picture that. How does God create things? He speaks it. But I believe he creates things to be in harmony and unity with him. Then we find that the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. In other translations, uh, and in the Hebrew, that's chaos. Chaos. Now, my God that I know and have grown to love and he has shown me his love does not create chaos. He brings order into the midst of chaos. So something happened between in the beginning when God created and then when the earth was found to be in chaos. Yeah. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God began to move over the surface of the waters. Amen. The Spirit of God began to move upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved in the midst of chaos. Right. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, brings about and restores order, beauty, clarity, harmony, unity. These are the things the Spirit of God brings about. Right. It says, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. In Colossians 1, verse 13, it said, He has rescued us from darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. 
Yes. I, I love the testimony of our brother this morning, how God had taken him and his choice for living and given him a, a whole new order to life. Yeah. Right, right. The kingdom of his dear son. He's rescued us from darkness. In Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, Jesus has given, it shows us that Jesus has given all authority in heaven and on earth. He's been given this authority. Right. And then, now he passes it to you. Yeah. Amen. Listen up. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And now he says to you, his disciples, you go and you preach the gospel. You heal the sick. You cast out devils. You. So there's been a transference that took place when, when someone passes away that you're related to most likely. I know there's those guys in foreign countries that every so often says you've received millions of dollars. Yeah. But most likely those are fake. But when you've received an inheritance, it's yours right. to do with, as you will. We'll get into that a little bit uh, more. Uh, but what I have also seen in the natural so often, and I've had some experience with this through many friends who have lost parents or whatever, and then the uh, inheritance is to be divided up. Right. And more start. Battle start, feelings, anger rises, all this stuff. There was a battle at one point in time over the earth, and chaos came into the midst of that and created darkness and disorder and disunity. And it took, it required the Spirit of God, which carries with him the authority of God to make a change. As new creations, we have been put in a position of power and authority. You have been made, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, you have been made a new creation. Amen. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But yeah. it's up to me. Right. To put away the old man. Amen. And to put on the new man. Yeah. Right. You have a responsibility to walk in the new creation. God will never force you to go against your own choices. Right. In fact, in Romans 5, verse 18, it tells us righteousness has come upon all men. What? Not just those of us in this room, and maybe the church across the street, maybe. <laughs> Righteousness has come upon all men, then why, the question arises, why are not all righteous? I think in order to receive it, you have to act upon righteousness. You have to act upon it from a point 
of authority. Now let me explain that. How do I do that? There was a point in my life where I lived according to my desires, according to my training by the God of this world, by the, by the devil. Now I had good parents, loving parents, godly parents, and they put a lot into me. But I still was a free agent. And I made my own choices, and I made a lot of what I thought back then in my day. We used the word righteous a lot. Righteous, man. It's really righteous, dude. You know, we used that word a lot. We threw it around. I thought I was pretty righteous. <laughs> but I used an authority that was given to me that I didn't even know I had on one moment in 1973, in October of 1973, where I made a choice to make Jesus Christ the Lord over my life. Now that came through grace. That came through um, the goodness of God. But at the same time, it also came through from an authority He had already given me. And I came to that point of authority, that point of authority, and I said, Jesus, become the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. And it was amazing to me what happened. I mean, it was transformational in my life. And I had authority, I had used authority that I didn't even know I had. Right. But now my authority is surrendered to the one who gives authority. Right. My choices are now surrendered to him. So, righteousness came from being available to me to now dwelling in me. Amen. Lord, I surrender to you. And it was a different righteousness than what I'd ever understood. Amen. It was a righteousness that was purchased for me. It was a righteousness that was birthed in me. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, He hath made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so we could be made right or righteous with God through Christ. One of the first scriptures that, well, one of my very first prayer, I'm just going to share a little testimony time here too. My very first prayer when I received and surrendered to Jesus Christ was this. Lord, heal my mind. My mind was distorted. My mind was twisted. My mind was all bound up with all kinds of men's philosophies and the yeah, yeah. philosophies of my own making. Then it was messed up by pharmaceuticals. I said, Lord, heal my mind. 
The transformation to me was amazing. And then I learned, I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I didn't just speak those words and mouth those words. I confessed them with all my heart. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I pressed my heart into that, my whole being into that, because I am a new creation. And the old things have passed away, and I have been made new. In fact, my wife was happy with me after that. That was a sign that followed. Okay, Jesus secured our power and authority. He secured it by going to the cross, dying a horrible death, suffering the penalty of sin, which is separation from God. The penalty of sin is separation from God. He even came to that point on the cross. Father, why have you forsaken me? He felt that moment, that moment of separation from something he had never been separated from. Yeah. And he did that for you and for me. And by doing so, he defeated Satan. Amen. And by doing that, he purchased for us our position of authority. By giving by purchasing his position of authority. Your position of authority has been given to you. You need to use it. Yeah. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first Adam, a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving being. Right, right. The authority that's been given to you brings life into everything that you push yourself into. You bring life into a room. Right. You bring life into the midst of a room filled with grief and death. Uh -huh. You bring life into a marriage. You bring life into a relationship. You bring life into your church. Yeah. You bring life into your work. If you choose to do that. Yes, yes. You have a responsibility. We see in Mark chapter 16, after securing that power and authority, he freely gave it over to those who believe in him. Right. And now you have power over the works of the devil. Let's read that. I can't see it from here. So. Turn to my old trusty sword here. Mark chapter 16, begin with verse 15. And then he told them, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Now we could go into a doctrinal discussion right there about, well, what if you're not baptized? I think he clarified that. He said anybody who believes and is baptized will be saved. He didn't say those who do not believe and are not baptized. 
It just says those who are not do not believe. So if if that's been a question in your heart, what if I don't what if I'm not baptized right? What if I didn't get baptized? Well, if you believe, you're still saved. Alright? Yeah, there you go. That one I throw right. out there for free. If you don't like it, you can uh, um, do whatever that was we called earlier. Uh, these miracles, these miraculous signs will accompany, will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages, new Amen. tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. I don't do that. Amen. The, the other ones I do. But I, I, I see... Examples of where Paul was bitten by the snake, came out of the fire and bit him, he shook it off, and uh, he should have been dead, but he was not. I don't think it means that we should play a certain baseline and handle snakes to show. Right, right. I mean, some people do that, all right? God bless them. <laughs> have at it. I'm not a snake person. <laughs> I like the way Jesus handled the snakes. I like to say if Adam and Eve would have been Cajun, they would have ate that snake. <laughs> they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And they... And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Now, at what point in time do you take that point of authority, that position of authority you hold, and start doing these things? Right. Once you see the signs? No, you start today. You do it today. In fact, I want to take a break right now, have you all look around the room, and you get somebody, their face in your mind, and you're going to pray for them this week. And God's going to give you a word about them, how you might pray for them. The Holy Spirit will show you how you might pray for them better. Yeah. Maybe they're facing a sickness. Maybe they're facing real traumatic experience in their life. Maybe they're just... Uh, Facing a, a time of great lack of faith. Yeah. And they're being tested. And you pray for them. All right, come on, let's do that. Just look around the room. Get somebody you don't know. You never know. In a minute, I may have you get up and go lay hands on that person. Yeah. But you have authority to preach the gospel. Now, what does preaching the gospel mean? I think it contrives different ideas in our minds. Yeah. You know, the guy with the suit and the tie, the evangelist, the shiny packed leather shoes, the handkerchief that comes out of nowhere and wipes his brow. You know, I always have a picture of being at a church where they never knew me. They've never seen me before, and I wear a toupee. Yeah. I mean, a bad one. The kind where you look at it and you go, oh, somebody should tell him. 
And when I'm up there preaching, I'm just going to lift it off, wipe my head with that handkerchief that comes out of nowhere, and put it back down. And if they don't laugh, then I'm going to deal with a religious spirit. <laughs> but you have the authority to preach the gospel. Every Bordican believer has that authority. And responsibility to share their inheritance that they've received of Jesus Christ in this earth. And that inheritance is healing, victory, authority. Amen. You know you have, the, you have the authority, such authority is in your life, that you can pass that authority on to somebody that doesn't know they have it. We've got a young man sitting right here in this room. He's our pastor today. Yeah. And, at one, and we missed you guys last week, yeah. by the way, Pastor Vic and Larissa. You were missed. Um, but just as a kid, I looked at him and I passed authority onto him, not even realizing it. And I said, hey, mighty man of God, life-giving spirit. And it amazed me that later in life, here he is, our pastor, and he remembered that moment. It did something to him. Yeah. Think about that when you see the kids running around this church. And you're like, that little rascal, get out of here. W.C. Fields, go away, kid, you bother me. No. They're the hope of our future. You young people are the hope of this nation. You have the gospel and the power and the authority in your hearts to transform someone else's life, a community, who knows? And who knows how fast life can change? And if we do not understand this today, tomorrow might be a difficult time to grasp it. Today is your day to start grasping your position, your authority, your ability, and your place in Christ. Right, right. I think what's going on in the world, look at Ukraine, yeah. Russia. One day those people are like, they know something's happening, borders getting filled up, but life goes on. And the next day, their lives are turned upside down. Had a lot of questions since then from friends and, and different people. Is this the beginning of World War III? I don't know. Could be. Could this escalate? Could this continue? Could this be it for us? Could there be nuclear warfare breakout? I don't know. What I do know is this. Today is a day that I have authority to make a difference. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it says, Don't give place to the devil. Don't give the devil an opportunity in another translation. And in another one it says, anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, whose job was that? Who's he addressing there in Ephesians? Whose job is that? Oh, oh God, take the devil away from me. Don't let him beat me up anymore. You know, my grandma sent us to vacation Bible school. And we had to walk several home country blocks, country blocks, to get there. And on the way home, there was a kid, my sisters and I, 
and there was a kid that would come out and bully us. I mean, when I say bully back in my day, that meant he beat me up. <laughs> and he did that two days in a row. And I said to my dad, this guy beat me up, he's bigger than me. My dad says, all right, I'm gonna tell you what to do. I said, okay, he says, next time, when you get there, just before you get there, he says, have a little pebble in your, in your pocket. And when you get there, surprise him and say, I dare you to knock this pebble off my, off my shoulder. And when his hand is right there, you hit him in the nose, but you hit him so hard in the nose that he doesn't have an opportunity to hit yeah. you back. <laughs> you know, I grew up in, uh, before we moved to Southern California, I became all hit down. I grew up in a farm with a lot of cousins. I mean, we beat each other with garden hoses. <laughs> So, uh, you know, a little pain wasn't new, but uh, he, he had his hand right there, and I decked that kid. My dad didn't come do it for me. He gave me the authority and the ability yeah. to do it. I failed the test. I didn't invite him to vacation Bible school. <laughs> I should have got him along. So don't pray and ask God to fight Satan for you. You have the authority. It's your responsibility to stand your ground firmly. It says if you stand, do all that you can to stand, stand there for. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. The Bible also makes it clear to us that we are seated in heavenly places. Heavenly places there also translates as High authority. Right. High authority. Jesus Christ is seated in high authority. And we are seated together with him in that authority. Amen. Oh, I have these scriptures and I'm running out of time. Jot these down if you want. Ephesians 1, 21, 22. Ephesians 2, 1, verses 1, 5, 6. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But I do want us to um, come to this last, last point. Minister and walk from a point of authority. Now, I mentioned when I became a Christian, and uh, we, we were caught up in the Jesus movement, a great outpouring. Wherever there is a time of great chaos, there will be a great time of outpouring of God's Spirit. Right, I believe right. we are about to see revival. Revival is not only, like I said, in our minds we can have conceptual ideas and I think of revival so often as the, the guy in the suit, and the, you know, right, right. working up a sweat, and the tent, they set up a tent. Gotta have a tent to have a revival. But if you read through the book of Acts in chapter 19, Paul the Apostle is preaching, and signs are following what he has to say. Right. And then a great move, God breaks out, and they're, they're worshiping false gods, the, the goddess Artemis, 
And uh, such a sweeping revival broke out. They brought all their books of their incantations and the things that they would do uh, and all their studies about these gods and all the things about their gods. They didn't just burn all books, all right? We get this idea of book burning. Right. Okay. And, uh, but they were their religious ideas, their religious books, their false gods. And they brought, it says, up to a million dollars worth of books, and they burned them. A great revival broke out in that area. But it was not very long, and a riot broke out. Say, wait a minute, you're disrupting our economy. You're disrupting the great goddess Artemis, who came down, was given to us from heaven, and we build all these little idols in her image, and we sell them. And you're, you're, you're destroying that, a great riot broke out. But the thing is, is Paul was laying his hands on the sick, they were being healed. Eyes were being opened. Yeah, um, get, we might need to change our conceptual ideas of, of the American gospel uh, of prosperity preaching. Good words. I mean, one of the greatest preachers of all time, Peter, came to a man and said, I, I don't have any silver and I don't have any gold. His prosperity doctrine wasn't working out so well. Right, right. He says, but what I do have is the name of Jesus and the authority in that name rise up and walk. And the man rose up and the man walked. Woo! Yes! That's the authority you have. Right. I was um, about to tell you a story when I was a young Christian. Um, I had driven to Palmer, was waiting for the grocery store to open, and it hadn't opened yet. There was only one little grocery store in Palmer, and uh, and uh, there were people gathered out front. It was kind of a misty, cold day, but I didn't notice. I was so filled with the joy of God. Right. I was just filled up with joy. I got out of the, the van. And, Went up there where all the people were gathered. And I said, good morning. What a beautiful day, isn't it? And then I realized, no, it really isn't. But, uh, so I might get a reaction. And uh, they all kind of looked at me. There was about a half a dozen people there. They kind of looked at the skies. You know, they were all under the eve of this building, staying out of the misty rain. And suddenly this one lady in the group turned and looked at me and she said, it would be if these curse, curse, curse demons would quit leeching onto my neck. And then she looked at me and pointed and said, you know about demons, don't you? I'm like, why did she pick me out of the crowd? I'm a new Christian. I had read I have authority over the works of the devil. And I can cast out demons, but I don't know if I can. So this is what I said to her. I said, well, I've read that, <laughs> I've read that I have authority over demons in the name of Jesus. And it progressed, and she said, but I know they're, 
I know they're they're just lying to me. They're they're imitating my uh, boyfriend. Their boyfriend George was this really hunchback old dude like this. I mean, curse God, curse God. And I was like, where am I? Yeah. And I said, I, I know I have authority in the name of Jesus. And suddenly I just felt like I was in this super protected spot and all around me was just this turmoil. Right. Just this turmoil. And I didn't know what to do for this woman. I did not know how to use that point of authority. So I said, you should come to one of our meetings. I'd like to invite you to our meetings. Right. Well, you know what? She did show up. And she did get delivered. Amen. And she got set free. And she became a pretty on-fire Christian. But it could have taken a lot less time if I would have understood the authority that's been given to me. If I would have understood my inheritance and that my inheritance is mine to spend freely and to give it out freely and to see someone's life set free. Now that's revival. That's preaching the gospel. That's what Peter did. Silver and gold, I don't have any. Yeah. But what I have, I'm going to give to you. Yeah. I have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Yeah. Now, I'll finish with this. Hopefully. You've been given all the tools you need, all the weaponry you need. You've been given the full armor of God. Yeah. But here's something you need to understand. God does not come and put your armor on you in the morning. Amen. You do it. Yeah. You put it on. Good word. Good word. You take the word and you read the word. And you let the Holy Spirit minister to you what yeah. the word says. Yeah. Take the sword of the Spirit. You take the breastplate plate of righteousness. I want everybody to stand up right now. And I want you to say this. Your breastplate of righteousness is going to be put in place right now. I want you to repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. I will make my stand. I will resist the devil. And he'll flee. And he'll flee. Now, does that mean your life won't get messy? Absolutely not. If you signed up to be a Christian and a disciple of Jesus thinking your life would not be messy, you signed up for the wrong thing. Life will be messy. But those scriptures you just quoted, that truth you just quoted, that position of authority does not change. Might not change the mess around you, but it changes you. And it changes the effects that you have on where you're at. You put on the whole armor of God. You put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. You take up that sword of the Spirit. You hold the shield of faith. You wholeheartedly put on the breastplate of righteousness. You put on that loincloth of truth. 
that's been given to you. Jesus Christ took back and defeated Satan. And he has all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now he's given it to you. Let's use it, church. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.